We welcome each one this evening uh, to our service, trusting the Lord's blessing uh, will be upon us. I'm going to turn in our hymnals to hymn number two. The hymn number two, praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransom healed, restored, forgiven, who like me his praise should sing. The hymn number two, and we'll stand as we worship this evening.
numbers are a bit smaller this evening, uh, but that was, that was good singing, and uh, we rejoice in the singing, we rejoice uh, in that hymn that reminds us uh, much of who the King of Heaven is and uh, the great duty that we have of praising Him and our thankfulness to Him for all that He has accomplished for us. We're turning in the Word of God to 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll read some verses here from verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, the Word of God says to us, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word that reminds us uh, that we can cast all our care upon him, for he careth for us. Let us unite in prayer, seek the Lord as we come and worship him tonight. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we rejoice as thy people this evening that we have that great privilege of coming to worship thee in spirit and in truth, of gathering together as thy church to meet with thee. And our Father, we thank thee that we can raise our voices to thee and we can praise thee for the great and wondrous things that thou hast done for us. And Father, we thank thee for all that thou hast done. And we think especially of the great work of salvation by which thou didst send thine only begotten Son into this world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Father, tonight we rejoice that we can praise thee because we know that our souls are secure and that our souls are firm, firmly fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, O oh God, we look to thee for help and we look to thee for thy grace and thy power to be bestowed upon us. We need thy presence here and we need to know the work of thy spirit within our hearts. We realize, O oh God, that this is not something we can make ourselves or conjure up ourselves, but we need thy spirit to come and to do his work here amongst us. And we pray, Father, to that end, that as we read thy word and as we turn to the scriptures and study thy truth this night, that thou would have that word and that message and season for our hearts. Encourage us and speak to us. We remember those outside of the kingdom of God. And, and Father, we pray for them that thou would draw them to thyself. 
Father, we pray for families to be united in the Lord. We pray, Father, for loved ones and friends who know not the Savior to turn from their sin this night and to seek him who is life eternal. Father, we do pray for our land. Remember our nation, our province here. Uh, Father, there is a need for the gospel. And there is so much false religion. Uh, so much uh, nominal Christianity. Uh, so much Christianity where the gospel is never fully preached in all of its fullness and power. And Father, there's a need for men and women to be awakened. And that is the work of thy spirit. And we pray, Father, that thou would have mercy upon us. Thou would have mercy upon our land and upon our province. And that souls would see the need they have of turning from sin. Of fleeing the wrath that is to come. And placing their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we beseech thee this night that thou would give us a burden to reach out with the gospel, to live the gospel, to declare the gospel, to not be ashamed of these glorious truths by which thou hast saved thy people and established thy church throughout the ages. And Father, tonight we do pray that thou would meet our needs. We think of the needs we have as a congregation and we look to thee for grace and help and strength as we seek to push forward with the gospel of Christ. Uh, Father, bless, we pray. We think of that service at the Kerr home this afternoon. We thank thee for the children of the Sunday school who took part and sang. Uh, we thank thee for that good reception uh, from those who are residents and those who are listening. Uh, we thank thee for the word of God and the reading of scripture and the preaching of thy truth. Bless that we pray that uh, those who are in that home would realize they need Christ. They need the Savior. And we pray that they would turn from sin and look unto the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. We remember our radio broadcast. We think, Father, of the broadcast that went out this morning from our pulpit here. Bless that ministry also, we pray. Remember the Reverend Colliger as he produces these programs and we think of the broadcast not only here in this area of the lower mainland and across the border but we think father of that work that radio ministry in Saskatchewan and Manitoba and further east and we pray that as thy word is preached and proclaimed that thou would bless it that it would go forth with power souls would seek the saviour Thy people would be encouraged to live for thee, to stand for thee, to not be ashamed of thy truth. Father, do a work, we pray. Meet our needs. Meet our needs this evening as we gather together. And may we know the presence of God and that speaking voice of thy spirit. Father, prepare our hearts to receive thy word. Bless us, we pray, in the week that lies ahead. And may we know much of thy help and strength. We do not know what a day may bring forth, but we rest upon thee, our shield and our defender, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn in our hymnals again, the hymn number 248, uh, 248. 
Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount I poured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, God's grace. 248, we'll stand again as we sing, please.
be seated. We're turning in the Word of God tonight to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, 12th chapter of Luke's Gospel, and commencing to read at the verse 22. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, and the verse 22. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. He has given that parable about the rich man whose ground had brought forth in abundance. And uh, he did not think of spiritual things, of eternity. And he was the fool who lost his soul. And so, immediately after that, we come into our reading, verse 22. And he, that is Christ, said unto his disciples... Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit. If then, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothe the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what and seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no faith approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, and when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them. So blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what are the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Amen. We'll end at verse 40. Trusting the Lord will bless the reading of his precious and infallible word this evening. 
We do extend a word of welcome to each one. It's good to see you here in the house of God. To those watching online, we do welcome you. And we trust the Lord's blessing to be upon us all as we worship him tonight. Do you remember the prayer meeting and Bible study on Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. In the, uh, in, in the room downstairs and also on Zoom? And if you need that link to be added, uh, if you need that link for Zoom, to be added to the email list for the link, uh, then do contact me and my contact details are on the bulletin as well. So contact myself and we can send that link to you when it goes out later uh, this week. We had a good service at Langley Lodge Home earlier and with the uh, children of the Sunday school, uh, they sang, they sang very, very well and the residents enjoyed having them. And so we thank uh, the teachers uh, for putting them through their paces uh, for getting them to sing, uh, for those who sang as well, uh, for Kristen who uh, played the piano uh, for uh, the Sunday school children also, and uh, for others who took part, we appreciate all that you did. On Saturday, the 9th of December at 12 p.m., and on Monday, the 11th of December at 12 p.m., uh, we have our 55-plus Christmas lunch. As I said this morning, it's at Newlands Golf and Country Club. The address is in the bulletin. And we're asking if you could put your name on the list by the end of today so that we know the exact numbers for the two bookings. And uh, this is where it gets a little complicated uh, because there's a number of people interested and we could not increase the original booking. Uh, so we decided to have the Saturday uh, booking and then we had the Monday booking added as extra. And so there are 15 places for both bookings. And both bookings are well filled at this point in time. And uh, there are two places, I believe, available for the Saturday. And possibly, I think, up to four available for the Monday. And so if you are interested in going, uh, do let us know as soon as possible. And uh, we can make sure uh, that your name is on uh, that list. But the details are there in the bulletin regarding where it is and when it is. And uh, do remember... Uh, where uh, you have booked, whether it's Saturday or when you've booked, whether it's Saturday or Monday. On Friday the 15th of December at 7 p.m., we have our Christmas social, a night of fellowship here in the church. And there are lists on the table, firstly for food. Uh, we will be having uh, food together downstairs. And so we're asking uh, you to bring something to share with everyone. Uh, so there is a list on the table to say what you're bringing. If everyone decided to bring turkey, then we live turkey and nothing else. Uh, so we are asking uh, to put a, for you to put some details down as, so that we know uh, what is uh, going to be there as well. And so I think there'll be a wide variety of food, hopefully, and a good time of fellowship. There is a second list, and this is maybe the more difficult list. Uh, those who uh, are taking part during our time here in the church. We're having an informal time together. Uh, we'll sing uh, various hymns. I think uh, there's a quiz, or there normally is a quiz, and there'll be, uh, I booked, well, I said to the children earlier that they'll be singing at it, and so there's more work for the Sunday school teachers. I don't think I've told the teachers, uh, but I told the children, and so we'll maybe hear them sing, and uh, if you want to sing or give a word of testimony or read something from the scriptures, uh, then uh, do put your name on the list. Uh, we will be drawing up a program of everyone that's taking part so we know what's happening. Uh, so we encourage you uh, to do that. And uh, at some stage over the next week, I may be 
uh, asking uh, for or volunteering people myself uh, for that. Uh, so do remember that. It's a, normally a good time of fellowship. It will be my first time, uh, but I've heard good reports, and I'm looking forward uh, to that time of fun and fellowship and food uh, with the people of God here. Do remember we do have that change for communion for next year? It was decided that the monthly Lord's Table uh, for four particular months quarterly uh, will be held in the evening service instead of the morning service. So the details of that, January, April, July, and October, are in the bulletin, so do uh, please bear that in mind. Communion will remain part of the morning service for those months that are not mentioned, uh, but we are uh, seeing how this will go, and we will review it later and to give opportunity for those who may only come in the evening uh, to attend the communion service. So do uh, remember that. Our sister uh, Curry has, uh, has made uh, some bags. They're on the table at the door, and they are for those who are homeless. There's uh, some gospel literature and New Testament in there. Uh, there's also practical things uh, like hand warmers uh, for those who have no home to go to to help them out. And so uh, if you would like to take some of those to give out uh, to those that you maybe meet or see on the street, uh, then do so. I think there's quite a number there uh, on the table at the door. So uh, feel free to take those and uh, pass uh, them out. It's a means of practical help as well, but it's also a means of spreading uh, the gospel of Christ. And we thank our sister uh, for doing that and uh, for uh, spreading the gospel in uh, this way. So feel free to take some and uh, pass them on or have them in your car. And if you see someone, you can uh, then easily share uh, the gospel with them through giving them uh, that uh, little bike. These are all the announcements, the subject to the will of God. We're going to turn in our hymnals to the hymn number 34. Uh, the hymn 34, there is a name I love to hear, I love to sing, it's worth, it sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. The hymn number 34, and we'll remain seated while our tithes for the Lord's work are received.
pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that we can worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you for the tithes and the offerings. May it be used wisely for the expansion of your kingdom. And we pray now, your Lord, for your blessing upon the preaching of your word. And help us to listen and get the instruction from the Bible, from the word of God, for our uh, living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll stand to sing verse 6, verse 6 as our final verse. And there with all the blood bought from. be seated and we're turning again this evening in the word of God to Luke chapter 12 Luke chapter 12 and we're considering together then the verse number 32 verse 32 And these verses that we have here, some are very familiar to us, like verse 31, Seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And, of course, consider the lilies, how they grow. Uh, there are great verses here. The Savior is emphasizing that he is the one, the Lord is the one who provides for his people. And in verse 32, he says, Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his precious and eternal word this evening. Let us unite in prayer and let us seek the Lord, please. Our eternal God and our Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy goodness and mercy. We thank thee we can sing thy praises and sing the praises of our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee tonight, O God, that we can focus upon thee and rejoice in salvation. And we pray for those who are here who know not the Savior, who know not his so great salvation. Lord, speak to them. We pray that thou would hammer home thy word is a nail into the wood in their heart they would see that there is no way forward no path of salvation save the lord jesus christ father we remember thy people and thy redeemed and blood-bought people father speak to us too that we would be encouraged 
that we as the flock of God would know the hand of the Lord upon us. Father, bless us and do us good. And may thy word be received in our hearts. May it be led up and may it bring forth great fruit in the days and in the years that lie ahead. Father, bless us, give us strength, and give us help to consider and discern thy word to us. And may thy spirit work within our hearts, we ask, for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 When we consider the state of the world at present, and of course, if we went back 20 years, we may have possibly said the same things. There is no doubt that things are hard and difficult in many of the nations of the world. The economy is bleak, but especially when we consider the spiritual situation. The spiritual state of our land is very dark and very cold. No longer do we hear of great revivals from God as in days gone by, or a great desire by the population to hear the word of God proclaimed with power. Churches across this nation are small in number and growing smaller. Many have no doubt closed over the years. And the world seems to be eating its way through the church of Christ as well. Gone is the purity of worship and the desire for worship. But let us not be disheartened because we serve a great and a powerful God. Let us not be discouraged, dear believer, because he is still upon the throne. And in today's society as believers, what are we to do? What encouragement can be given to us as we seek to live in this sinful and this wicked world? Consider the passage of scripture that we have before us. And there was a Puritan preacher by the name of John Gaspine. I had never heard of this man. I looked up a book that I have uh, that is a directory of a lot of good reformed literature. I had left my copy in Northern Ireland, and every time I preached over the past three years, I said to my brother, can you send me a, a photograph of this particular book and what it says under, say, for example, Luke chapter 12? And there he sent the list. And it went through the chapter and uh, it gave uh, the various verses and what Puritans in their big collection of works had actually preached on this particular text. It was a directory for all of these things and I missed having my own copy. And so it was republished uh, later, or earlier this year and I was able uh, to purchase a copy. And I looked it up and this man, John Gaspine, came up. I never heard of him before. Despite being well-versed in the Puritans, I never heard of him before. And I read his sermon on this particular text, and he referred to what we have here in Luke chapter 12, and he called it the sum, the summary of a precious sermon, a precious sermon by the Savior. And I thought on that. All sermons can be and should be precious to us. And we should be desirous of sermons that are precious to our souls. But when we think of the words of Christ and the sermons of Christ, those sermons of the Savior must be, must be precious to our souls because they are the words of our Master and the words of our Savior 
and the words of our Lord who cares for us. And so, dear believer, when we look at what we have here in Luke chapter 12, there's a warning about eternity. There's a warning about the soul prior to our reading in uh, the opening verses of this chapter, in verse 16 especially. But then the Savior speaks about his people and the need to live for the Lord and to rest upon him and to seek him. And then in verse 22, he says, Fear not, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's great words in that text. And it really sums up the preciousness of what the Savior is saying. Fear not, fear not. If you're concerned about troubles ahead, if you're concerned about the circumstances of life, then fear not is a great phrase for your heart to hear. I remember as a young child and the circumstances of life, I remember uh, going up the west coast of Scotland. My father was in Wales for a while uh, serving the Lord, and we went, we went to see him. We drove, and then we went up uh, the, north, or the, the northwest coast of England, and it was a long drive, probably maybe similar to driving to Calgary, slower roads perhaps, uh, maybe 8, 9, 10, 11 hours of driving. And as we uh, went up there, not too far from the ferry to take us back to Belfast. And my mother was in the car, my sister was in the car, and my brother wasn't born at this point in time. I was seven or eight years of age. And I remember dozing on the back seat. Uh, my seatbelt actually wasn't on uh, because of the position I'd went in. Seatbelts, I don't know if they were a thing 30 years ago. They weren't enforced maybe as much as they should have been. And I didn't have my seatbelt on. I remember that. And uh, suddenly the car swerved from one side, hitting the barrier to the next side and the next side. And I began to wonder what was going on. And I was going forward in the seat. And thankfully the Lord's hand was on me because I didn't have a seatbelt on. And I remember hitting the uh, seat in front. I was absolutely fine. And no whiplash, nothing like that. And the car came to rest. And uh, my mother had, uh, in her desire to get us to the ferry and maybe make the earlier ferry back home, uh, she had fallen asleep. It's so easy to do when you're driving. So easy to do when you're driving. Uh, but the Lord's hand was on us. But I remember getting out of the car. There was smoke coming out. And my mother said, get out, get out of the car. And my door wouldn't open, so I climbed out of the window. And I went to the side, and I leaned over the barrier, and I just felt absolutely sick. And I was shocked by what had happened. And, you know, then I realized we were all okay. I realized the Lord's in control. There were people coming to help, and Mom was there. And so all the fears went away. All the fears went away. It was actually quite an exciting experience at the end of the day uh, as, as, a young, as a young child. All this current attention you got uh, and you weren't injured and uh, the Lord was good. But there was that instant moment of fear and concern and the disbelief that I was actually in an accident. The first car accident I'd ever had. And I had thought others experienced this. I've never experienced this. And all these thoughts came through my very young mind. And I remember there my legs were shaking and then within a few minutes, I was fine because mum was there. And, you know, she cared for us and others were taking care. 
And we can think of that spiritually. We have concerns about the future. We have troubles and trials and things that will make our knees, as it were, shake together. But yet the Lord is in control. Our precious Savior cares for his flock. We are to look at that word in verse 32. We are to fear not, for he is in control. And he, that phrase, little flock, little flock. Oh, there's love in that. There's love in that little phrase. Little flock. We are the flock. That means we have a shepherd, a great shepherd. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Father, again, someone who should be a symbol of love, a symbol of care within the family unit. That's what a father is supposed to be. And our heavenly father is such a father to us, caring for us. Oh, these words the Savior uses, they encourage our hearts. They make us see the preciousness of what he is saying. And the Savior is laying before his disciples the concerns of everyday life. They're not to be caught up in these things. They're to fill their minds with important issues. They're to seek the kingdom of God. And they are to live for the world or live for the Savior against the world. And there are many today, many Christians who seek the things of the world and seek power in the world and seek the possessions of the world. But what does the Savior say? Verse 31, rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And dear believer, that is to be our priority. Our priority in life is to seek the kingdom of God, not the things that will one day vanish away, not to mix Christianity with the world, to live for the Lord, to be conformed, as Paul told the church at Rome, conformed to Christ, transformed by his power. And so there is instruction to seek the kingdom of God. But coming back to verse 32, we see this phrase, Fear not, little flock, the Lord is the shepherd of his people. The Lord is my shepherd, the psalmist said. We can think of this term shepherd. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke about the shepherds in Israel. And he referred back, when we think of Jeremiah chapter 23, and words there that speak about the shepherds in Israel. Woe, unto, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away. And there is this warning, and the Savior uses this in his Gospels to remind the people of God, to remind Israel, to emphasize to these shepherds that they were not the true shepherds of Christ. They were false shepherds. They were not meeting the needs of the people. But yet, we see here in verse 32, there is a great shepherd, one who cares for us, one who has his flock, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, as the old Puritan said, there is a great preciousness in this sermon. It's a sermon of Christ. It's a sermon about Christ. It's a sermon, dear believer, that leads us to the wonders and marvels of Christ working for us through his gospel. And so I want us to consider this evening, fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. And then, firstly, we see that the flock is precious to its shepherd. The flock is precious to its shepherd. Moving back for a moment 
to verse 27. There are a few illustrations here. Verse 24, the ravens. Verse 27 are the lilies. And the Savior says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The flower of the field, the flower in the hedge, the flower that is in the bed growing. Flowers don't do the work that men do. Men toil, men sweat. Flowers do things a little differently. I'm not a botanist, nor the son of a botanist, and so I know very little about flowers. I did have an interest once as a child, but it was a fleeting interest that didn't last very long. And so I know very little really about flowers. But they grow. If you feed them, if you care for them, they grow. They grow. They do not have to toil like we do. They do not have to go and have clothing like we do. And go and work to pay for their needs like we do. God has blessed them and God gives to them what they need. And the Savior's emphasis here is how marvelous they are, how wonderful they are. He speaks about the flower and Solomon's temple, Solomon's temple in all its glory, Solomon's reign in all its glory, the king in all his glory with his gold and purple linen. And the Savior says, I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The flower is greater, greater than Solomon, blessed by God. And then the Savior says, verse 28, If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye, of little faith? In other words, God provides for the grass, the floor, that lasts for just a little while. But you're his child. You're part of his flock. How much more will he care for you? That's the emphasis of the Savior here. The flock is precious to the shepherd. The flock is precious to the shepherd. We see that. Fear not, little flock. The world and its creation are precious to God, but how much more his people, those who have been purchased by the precious blood of Christ, those who've been redeemed, how precious they are to the glorious shepherd. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 20, and we've turned to this passage on a number of occasions, uh, but here we have wonderful words. Verse 28. Again, drawing your attention to this. Take heed therefore unto yourselves, Paul says to the elders of Ephesus, and to all the flock, the sheep of God, over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And we see here the blessed preciousness of the flock of God. The blessed preciousness of his people and why they are precious. Do you believe that you are precious to the Lord? Part of his flock, you're precious to him. The flock is precious to the shepherd. Why? They were purchased with his precious blood. The blood of the Savior that was shed. The blood of the Savior that was poured out upon Calvary. And that flock is to be shepherded. And we see the great example of a shepherd and young David who cared for the flock. And... And for the Savior as well, because in Hebrews 13, verse 20, the Savior is referred to as that great shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep, the one who is the perfect shepherd, the one who is the perfect shepherd. And so this flock is precious to him. 
Dear believer, you're precious to the Lord. This world may discourage you. This world may leave you downcast and disheartened. But yet you're precious to the Savior. There may be difficulties in your life and difficulties in your employment and difficulties with your health and difficulties in your family. But you as part of the flock are precious to the Lord. There may be concerns about some of the things the Savior is speaking of here, the food and the drink, and how we will clothe ourselves. But we're part of the flock that is precious to the Lord, and he'll meet our needs. He'll meet our needs. Christ's flock is a little flock, a little flock. We look at this world, we see the vastness of this world, and in comparison, the flock of Christ is a little flock. A little flock. A flock that finds itself much smaller than those around. A flock, however, that is dependent upon the Savior. That old Puritan said that God is the Father of the believer. Every sincere Christian is a child of God and hath God for his father. And he emphasizes that Christ was speaking to his disciples. And he was encouraging them. There's a great work that lay ahead. Much uncertainty for them in the service of God. And that is true today. There's much uncertainty in the service of God and living for the master. And the Savior is tenderhearted toward them. He is caring towards his people. And the flock is tiny, but yet he is gracious to them and loving to them. They are his sheep. He is the great shepherd. Dear believer tonight, oh, that you would see that you are precious in the sight of God. That you would see that the flock of God is precious in his sight. Every one of us are precious. That is why a church is a family. That is why there should be a unity and a bond between us. Uh, that is why uh, we should look forward to times of fellowship and blessing together because we are part of the same flock, part of that flock that is so precious to the Savior. That is why we're to love the brethren. As we saw this morning, we're to pray for the brethren and we're to uphold each other at the throne of grace. Why? We are precious to the Savior. So there's a great application then as we think of what we said this morning regarding the disagreements and the divisions that can arise in so many places for so many reasons. Let us strive against such things because we're precious. The brother, the sister who offends you, the brother, the sister who perhaps you don't like very much, they're precious in God's sight, as are you. Let us love one another. Let us see each other the way that Christ sees us. Precious. We're his flock. His little flock. But notice here, secondly, that the flock should seek its shepherd. The flock should seek its shepherd. Notice what verse 31 says. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added on to you. There is a priority here in view. A priority. And Christ in the Gospels and in his word does a marvelous thing. He constantly teaches us, his people, about where our priorities 
ought to be. And why is that? Because we need constantly reminded to put our priorities right. We are constantly shifting our focus from one thing to the next and being taken up by the things of this world. And we need to prioritize and we need to focus upon the Savior. And here is that great verse, Seek ye the kingdom of God. We are to seek him. We are to seek his kingdom. We are to put him first. And all these things, all our concerns, the Savior says, they'll be sorted, they'll be added unto you. The fundamentals of all of this is that we ought to seek the Lord for his so great salvation as well. Tonight, where do you stand before the Lord? We're speaking here about a flock and the shepherd. Are you part of that flock? Flock of sheep? A flock that loves the Savior? Do you have that great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Savior and as your master? If not, you need to seek him. You need to seek the kingdom of God. You need to seek his salvation, lest your soul will be lost. For the only salvation is through him alone. Seek ye the kingdom of God, the Savior says. And scripture, if we are to take it seriously, and we must take it seriously, reminds us time and time again of the priority of making sure of our soul's salvation. It's a priority. Because there's a limited time to get right with God. A limited time to get right with God. I've walked through graveyards in this world. I've looked for specific graves. There was one time I walked with a friend and we went to see a Spurgeon's grave in London, Norwood Cemetery, I believe. I was there many years ago. I was eight years of age. I remember being taken there by a friend, a friend of my father's, and we went to see Spurgeon's grave a big edifice, a tomb that had been constructed. And many years later, 10 years later, I took my friend. We walked for quite a distance. We went into the cemetery and we walked around trying to find where his grave was. That was before we could really connect our phones to the internet and Google uh, where the grave was in relation to the cemetery. And so we walked around till we found it. Uh, that's really what we did in those days. We walked around till we found it. And walking around that grave, Spurgeon died 1892. That cemetery was used before then. So many graves from so long ago. Someone born, 1798, died 1758, for example. And as you walk through that, and if you've ever done that yourself, and you've walked through those graves... You'll see the span of a life set out there. When that person lived, when that person died, and in the middle was when they had opportunity to seek the shepherd. And for many, it was an opportunity they did not take. When we come to Spurgeon's grave, we see that he had that opportunity too, that life to seek the Lord. We see from what it says in that grave, from the great him there is a fountain filled with blood one of the stanzas is on his on his edifice on the tomb 
It's very clear that here lies someone who sought the shepherd, who knew the shepherd, who knew the saving power of the shepherd. Are you seeking the shepherd tonight? Do you know his salvation? Do you know his peace? Do you know his provision? Because you are part of his flock. That is a priority for us to know the shepherd. Seek ye the kingdom of God. And in our troubles and in our trials as the flock of God, we must always focus upon him. This is what the Savior is teaching. Get your eyes off the issues. Get your eyes off the problems. Get your eyes off those things that will discourage or take your heart away. Focus upon the Lord. Focus upon the Lord. Seek that eternal treasure. And then thirdly, we see that the flock experiences care from the shepherd. The flock experiences care from its shepherd. It is a little flock, as we've said. But that old Puritan taught that every believer is interested in the kingdom of heaven and the great God will bestow the kingdom of heaven upon believers. The kingdom of heaven is a free gift of God. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven comes not to a believer by his own merit nor by his own deservings, but by God's free gift. And there is this cure that comes. And this cur in the sense of the kingdom of heaven as well. Fear not, little flock, the Savior says, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're not to fear. We're not to be paralyzed by fear in this world. Why? Because of our Savior and his marvelous cur for us. We can think of that verse in Peter we read about casting our cur upon the Lord. And dear believer, when you have those trials, who do you turn to? You have a shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think newspapers are maybe a relic of the past. But I remember being at work many, many years ago. And during the break time, the days again, before you could just scroll on your phone and see everything, there were newspapers. And we used to swap them about and read them during our break times. And you turn the page and read the news and eventually get to the sport. But in between the usual news and the sport were the various crosswords and letters. And then a page perhaps they had what you would have called an agony aunt. Someone you wrote to asking for help and advice. And they wrote a response to give help and advice. And it was published in the newspaper and creating interest. And it was all a lot of rubbish really what was being said. But so many went there looking for advice, looking for help, looking help from the godless, looking help from those who knew nothing of the Lord, looking help in situations that were filled and stained by sin for the entertainment of others. Most depressing pages on the paper when you think of the reality of it. How many do that? Dear believer, we're not to do that as God's people. We're not to look to the world for advice. There are times where we will look to the world for advice in the sense of business dealings and looking for advice in mortgages and various things or medical advice. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about advice that comes directly from the word, moral advice, spiritual advice, 
help in life to walk that narrow path for our Savior. The problems that come upon us. We're not to look to the world. We're to look to the Savior. And the flock of God experiences care from him. He says, fear not. He cares. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And dear believer tonight, what a statement that is. Fear not from the blessed Son of God. He's saying not to fear. Why? Because he is omnipotent. He is all power. Because he cares. The word flock, the word fear not. The word father reminds us of his love for us. What a comfort that is. We can think of the plan of Christ and the work of Christ and the victory of Christ over Satan, sin and the grave. There's no need to fear because of Christ. There's no need to fear because of the world at large, because of Christ. We have a crown of glory awaiting us. What inheritance that is. The flock of God experiences care from the shepherd. Where is your port of call in trouble? May it be the Lord, the Lord who speaks in these marvelous comforting terms, dear believer. And then finally, the flock is blessed by a shepherd. The flock is blessed by a shepherd. This perhaps doubles up on a little bit regarding verse 32. But there's a blessing here. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The shepherd cares for his sheep. The shepherd blesses his sheep. Dear believer, what a blessing we have. There's not a physical kingdom here. The Savior is not saying, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not saying you're going to be a king. He's not saying that if you follow him and you seek him, there'll be some little domain in this world and you'll be its ruler. It's not a physical kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is a spiritual kingdom and Christ is the spiritual king. And we are part of that heavenly kingdom. And we need to remind ourselves of that. It is the kingdom of Christ. Kingdom where he is in control. A kingdom where he rules. A kingdom where he is upon the throne. The Shorter Catechism reminds us of the kingship of Christ. He's our prophet, our priest, and our king. And in being our king, that catechism teaches us that he rules us. And he defends us. We see something of that defense tonight because he's caring for us. Oh, how marvelous is the king of kings who loves us. What a blessing it is to be part of his kingdom. What a blessing to be part of his kingdom. We have those in our congregation who came into Canada, myself included. We emigrated here for various reasons. I came because, because of love, uh, but others came for jobs, for work, maybe because of love as well. We have a wide variety of reasons. Canada is not our home, but yet it is a place that we have come into. Many of us can see what a blessed place it is and how beautiful it is and We've benefited from the economy and uh, the various things that we're able to do in this land. Many who've come to this country have come out of 
situations in their own country that have been very difficult. And they've come for freedom. And they've come for reasons of liberty. They've come into the land or that kingdom as it were. And there's been blessing to be part of such a nation. But how greater is the nation of God, the kingdom of God, all the spiritual blessings that are found in Christ, the comfort and the protection of Christ, the promise of that eternal kingdom of heaven for all eternity. These truths, little flock, encourage our hearts, do they not? And as we go out into the world this week, let us not be discouraged. Let us not be disheartened by what is going on around us. Let us fear not. Let us keep our eyes upon the Savior, the one who in his good pleasure has given us the kingdom. We're part of his kingdom. Let us live. Let us live as citizens of his kingdom. I believe there's places in this world where speed limits don't apply. Roads where the government has said there's no speed limit. Do what you want. If we were to drive tonight up this street and pretend it's in one of those nations where there's not really a speed limit, we would find out that that speed limit is enforced in Canada. We would find out with a heavy fine, we would be in big trouble. If we were to drive at 100 kilometers an hour up that street, we just can't do what we like in this land. We can't treat this land as if it were another land. Dear believer, being part of the kingdom of God, we're not to treat the kingdom of God or live in the kingdom of God as we would in the kingdom of darkness. There's a difference. There's a difference. We're to live as citizens of Canada. We're to live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven and obey the rule of its king and honor him and glorify him in all that we do because he has given us that glorious kingdom. Let us live for him. Let us serve him. Let us work to extend his kingdom by his grace. And as we close, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. As we serve him this week, let us think on this. Let us go out into the world encouraged because our Savior is giving us comfort, giving us help, giving us strength. To him be the glory. Amen. And let us pray. Our eternal God and our Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy word to our hearts this night. We thank thee for thy goodness and thy grace toward us. We thank thee that we can continually look unto thee, that we are thy flock, bought with the precious blood of Christ, that we are in thy kingdom. And may we live as citizens of the kingdom of God. Father, may we glorify thee and love thy commandments. Give us opportunities to serve thee. And in the life of this church this week, we pray that thou would bless our times together, our time in prayer on Wednesday. As we come to have that lunch on Saturday, we pray thou would bless and that thou would be pleased to give us a time of fellowship one with another. And as we come to the Lord's day, may there be again that blessing to our souls. Meet our needs. May we glorify thee in all that we do. 
May the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.